You know their names. You know the organizations and businesses they lead. You might even know their faces. But do you know why they are difference makers? I'm Adam Van Bremer, the editorial page editor of the Savannah Morning News and SavannahNow.com. Welcome to Difference Makers, a podcast dedicated to sharing stories and insights from Savannah's key players, the men and women who lead our city in commerce, in arts and culture, in philanthropy, and yes, in government. Today's episode features the chief of the fledgling Chatham County Police Department, Jeff Hadley. Hired late last year after the city and county governments failed to come together on funding for the Metro Police and began a demerger, Hadley accepted the dawning challenge of creating a new police department. A little more than two months after his arrival, his officers took to the streets of the unincorporated areas. We are pleased to have him here to discuss the department's first several months of existence and to share his insights on leadership, culture, and policing. Welcome in Jeff Hadley, Chief of the Chatham County Police Department. He's going to be our difference maker for today. Chief Hadley, thanks for coming in and visiting with us. Thanks for having me here. I appreciate it. Uh, Let's start where we often do on this podcast, and that's a little bit of biographical information. I think it's even more appropriate in, in, in your instance in the fact that you've been here a little bit less than a year, and I think when you came in with the fact that everything was being started from scratch maybe your bio beyond where you came from was a little glossed over so can you kind of fill in the blanks for us and tell us a little bit about where yourself where you come from sure uh well first and foremost i'm married uh to my wife jessica we have six children collectively uh ages 25 to 11 and uh i originally i was born in indiana um, but i grew up in south florida down in naples florida and spent uh Almost my entire adolescence down there. I graduated Naples High School and went on to a community college in Fort Myers, Florida, and started my career uh, in Cape Coral, Florida, which is right outside Fort Myers, down in southwest Florida. And then I ended up back uh, in Fort Wayne, Indiana, where I was born. Uh, my mom and my brother and my three sisters were there and worked for the police department and was able to rise up through the ranks uh, where I was a captain and worked in a qu- number of different uh, divisions there, vice and narcotics, sex crimes, uh, ran a patrol division, so had a wonderful experience there, and the opportunity presented itself to compete for the chief's position in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and in June of 2008, I was selected as a public safety chief there, and was there until I took this position, uh, which was December of 2017, so feel very blessed and and honored to be here, and uh, thankful for all the support I've gotten since I've been here. I understand the public safety spot in Kalamazoo is is not just a, a police spot, right? Can you kind of talk about what an integrated department is and means? Yes, sir. Uh, so, yeah, Kalamazoo, Michigan is the largest fully cross-trained public safety department in the United States. So every one of the officers there is a police officer. They are a firefighter, and they're a medical first responder. Um, so they do it all. And uh, that's the service delivery model there. And uh, I was very blessed to to be named the chief there. Uh, I did go through the fire academy. I'd never had any exposure to the fire department, so I went through the fire academy. And uh, I was a certified firefighter, but as uh, we would often laugh uh, back in Kalamazoo, you didn't want Jeff Hadley showing up on a uh, to take incident command at a at a fire scene. But um, certainly uh, appreciated the work that that, that was done there, and and uh, it was it was very interesting. That creates a lot of efficiencies, right? I know for a lot of fire departments, the firemen kind of when you're on your shift, you're you're sitting and 
maybe doing some training, doing mm-hmm. some other things, but for the most part, you're just waiting for a fire to happen. Correct. How does it work with the cross training? Yeah. Side? So what, what the way we uh, um, provided the services there, we 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 had minimal staffing in the fire stations, um, enough. Uh, uh, officers there to get the the equipment to to any fire scene. Uh, the rest of the resources were put to use as police officers out in the field, and they would be you know out responding to calls for service or making a traffic stop or solving a problem in a neighborhood. And then when dispatched to a fire event in their particular district, they would respond. Their turnout gear was in the trunk of their car along with their SCBA tank and and other associated equipment, and they would then be uh, ready to. Uh, deploy as a firefighter in whatever capacity the incident commander wanted them to. Before we move on to talk about the police department, I understand that you spend quite a bit of time at the beach. Uh, can you tell us how you spend some of your off hours? Sure. Um, well, yeah, my wife and I did uh, settle in on Tybee Island. Uh, so we bought a house out there with uh, our two younger kids who, who uh, attend Coastal Middle School. Uh, I grew up on the beach in, in Naples, Florida, uh, so it was very felt very lo- much like home to me, and that's a uh, large part why we settled there. So, yeah, I just spend my time uh, hanging out with the family and, uh, you know, going to the beach a little bit and uh, doing some yard work and, and doing some cooking. I do enjoy uh, putting together a good meal for my family, and that's probably where I spend most of my time or, or I'm reading. Um, pretty pretty simple guy. So Tybee has the surfing mayor, but they don't have the surfing police chief. <laughs> that's right. I haven't I haven't attempted to get up on a surfboard. <laughs> I don't think they want my old butt uh, trying to get up on that. But uh, uh, Tybee, I think you could make it. I, I might. I might. I'm, I might. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's segue now and talk a little bit about the Chatham County Police Department. Sure. It's it's kind of a unique situation that you were hired to lead a department that at the time of your hiring did not exist. Uh, can you talk a little bit about ramping up and and how things have gone since? Uh, for the department since February 1st, for you since November? I think they've gone remarkably well. You know, really not knowing kind of what you're walking into when you take any new position, quite frankly. Um, and it was a wonderful opportunity, a professional opportunity for me to to undertake, and I was excited about that. But you really didn't know what to expect, or I didn't really know what to expect. But I have been remarkably surprised at the level of support, the cooperation um, that I've gotten from uh, Savannah PD uh, from the Chatham County Sheriff's Office, particularly Sheriff Wilcher, has been a tremendous uh, friend to me uh, since I've gotten here. There's a lot of people that want to make this succeed, and I haven't met anyone that doesn't want it to succeed. And when you have that in the mix, I think uh, you know a lot of positive things can happen. And so we had a really good contingent of former county officers that came over from Metro uh, that helped us get this thing off the ground. And uh, making decisions and uh, looking at how we fill our beats, what our beats look like, the shift length, uh, policies, procedures, getting forms developed uh, from a vacation slip to you know a case file or whatever. I mean, those are all the little things that really don't get a lot of attention, you know. But those are things that take time, energy, and effort. And everybody's been tremendous and had a a stake in in making us successful so far. I myself am an unincorporated county resident and i know just from from talking with my neighbors and and being out in that part of the county a lot that there's a tremendous amount of pride among the residents that they have their own police force again do you get the sense of that energy and do you think that energy kind of helps your department i do um i think what i've heard consistently since i've been here 
in what I think my officers hear almost on a daily basis is the unincorporated residents are very happy to see us. They want to know us uh, and they want us to be around. And, and uh, they're, they're very complimentary to our officers, which is very good for their spirit and, and for the manner in which they approach their work on a day-to-day basis. So um, I, I think it's been really a win-win around the, the separation of the departments. Uh, the city can concentrate on the issues they have at hand, and we can uh, concentrate on our issues and our expectations from our residents. So at the end of the day, I think uh, we're all going to be better off for it. When February 1st came, I remember sitting there and looking at the staffing numbers, and I'm sure it was a lot more alarming to you than to anyone else. But you kind of talk about how you've you've filled those open spots in hiring and recruiting and training and onboarding what what all has been involved with that sure well on the on the front end in terms of we we knew we had a deadline of february 1st that we had to start providing police services to the unincorporated area and that was really non-negotiable right so uh understanding that as a deadline and looking at our numbers and trying to see the actual possibility of ramping up to at least a minimal level to provide the adequate uh, services we knew we weren't going to get there Um, now we had some conversations with metro or savannah pd at the time and some other agencies just trying to brainstorm about how we could provide the services but at the end of the day uh, sheriff wilshire offered up a significant number of his staff that had experience working patrol um, as a way to complement our the, the limited numbers that we had to provide the services that we needed to and that just seemed at the end of the day the best option for us uh, it was somewhat seamless mm-hmm. um, it wasn't overly complicated and so we put our heads together his staff and my staff and were able to f- put together a deployment uh, plan for uh, Chatham County police officers, Chatham County sheriff's officers co-policing the unincorporated area. We ended up start, starting with around 28 to 30 sheriff's uh, officers uh, working with us, and we're now down to in the single digits. So uh, can't thank him enough. Uh, as we staff up, he takes some of his folks back, which is what he should do. Um, he's got, obviously, obligations and responsibilities as well. So um, the challenges around hiring, you know, we're all fishing out of the same pond. You know, the, all the chiefs talk. Uh, they've all been good to work with, and, and we're all kind of competing for the same, you know, for the same people. And so um, that does present its own challenges by way of numbers, by way of caliber of candidates that you're getting in. And I've said it from the beginning, and I'll continue to say it. We want to get it right. Uh, we don't want to hire someone just to hire's sake. Uh, we'll have to limp along. We'll have to post some overtime shifts so our current officers may have, may volunteer to work on their days off to fill our beats and whatnot. But I really just don't want to get into um, the habit of just hiring someone to hire them. That's, that's a bad recipe. Right. Uh, you don't give someone a badge and a gun and arrest powers. Um, that you don't have every bit of confidence that they're going to go out and represent you in the best way. So uh, we've stuck to that. I think it's worked out. We, we continue to grow our numbers uh, every week, and we're hoping um, by the end of the year that we'll at least be 95% staff. So you can you can hire experienced officers. You can also bring in new recruits. I know that's a, that's a lengthy process. Can you talk about that process? Sure. So when you hire in a, a new recruit that's never been a police officer before, if you add the time in you have for the hiring process, and then add the police academy, which is 11 weeks. We provide another two to three weeks of, of additional training on our end. And then add their field training process, which could be anywhere from 12 to 16 weeks to get them ready just to go out on a squad car on their own. You're 
getting pretty darn close to a year yeah. um, for that process. But I think it's it's critically important as how we onboard those individuals into our organization, how we socialize them into the profession, that they truly understand what is expected of them from day one. Mm-hmm. So there's no confusion. Uh, there's no mystery around uh, what it is they're supposed to do. And, and we can launch them in their career uh, the right way. And so when I leave at some point, which I hope is a really long time, but at some point when I look back 20 years from now and go, wow, I hired those 40, 50 people and they're doing fantastic. Right. That, that, that's my hope. I think one of our most important responsibilities right now is, is those new young officers that we're bringing on and we're, we're getting them uh, off on the right way um, so we can be proud of this department 10 years from now. Another piece of that is I, I understand the attrition rate is, is relatively high for, for new recruits. Is it almost better, though, to to kind of let them feel their way early than than after they've got a, a sure. badge? I mean, anytime, anytime any business hires somebody, it's it's you know, there's a certain amount of risk involved. Now, we you know do a thorough background. We, we have certain parts of the process to try to mitigate that risk as much as we can. But still, at the end of the day, you're you're rolling the dice to some extent in in you're going to lose some folks. You're going to lose them in the academy. They're not going to pass either cognitively um, some of the uh, written tests, whether it be a, a hard skill, shooting, driving, things of that nature. But you're better off knowing now um, than somebody squeaking by right. or you cutting corners for them because you want to get them through the, through the process. And then you know, two years from now we're having a conversation about, boy, why did we do that? Yeah. So we're going to lose a certain amount of that. You know, we understand that, and uh, but what or what I find confidence is those that do graduate get through our process, get through um, our our um, Chatham County Academy, I guess if you will. Mm-hmm. That when we send them out, we have a lot of confidence that they're going to go out and perform very well. You know, when I talk about socializing, um, you know, are very heavy on community engagement. Uh, I truly believe that um, we have to maximize. Uh, positive human contact with our officers and our citizens and that's our intention because I think that the more and more that our officers relate to the people in their neighborhoods and that they police on an everyday basis um, that they get to know each other um, they have a better feel for each other Uh, it's good for each other's spirit Mm -hmm. in terms around the policing context and that has to be an ongoing process every single day. And I've, uh, I've often used the analogy, we have an arranged marriage with our community. Mm-hmm. And like any marriage, you got to invest in it. Right. And, and uh, whether you're married for a day or married for 55, 60, 70 years, you still have to invest in that relationship. So if we approach policing in that manner, um, we're going to build trust, uh, build mutual respect and understanding. So when trouble comes, because it will come, because we're all humans, that we can get through those difficult times by sitting down like responsible professional adults and talking through whatever issues that are before us um, that day, uh, that we're not playing catch up on the relationship piece. Um, and, and if we stick to that ethic, I think uh, we're all better served for that in Chatham County. This episode of Difference Makers is brought to you by the Do Savannah Big Calendar. Get your concert, art exhibit, or fundraiser in Savannah's biggest community calendar. It's free to add your event at dosavannah.com backslash calendar. That's dosavannah.com backslash calendar.
most of your professional experiences come in urban areas. Uh, for the large part, now you're you're not dealing with an urban area. What mm-hmm. have you maybe learned, or what has come as unexpected to you, and just kind of the change in the the environment in which you're now leading a force? Sure. Uh, part of the change actually is more geographical. Mm-hmm. What I say by that is I'm used to a dense core, if mm-hmm. you will, in the, my policing experiences. Now we have a jurisdiction that spans from Tybee Island all the way to West Chatham to the county line in I-95. So we have to traverse very far at times to get to our calls for service. So there's a lot of travel time involved in that. So it kind of changes the response time dynamic as opposed to when you're in a dense area and you may be right around the corner. So that's a little bit different uh, to me. But I think that whether you're an urban area or a more, I, I wouldn't call us rural. We may have some rural parts. Ex-urban maybe? Yeah. yeah. The current cool term is What's ex-urban. It ex-urban. It's oh. not suburban. It's not rural. It's somewhere in between. Ah, I got you. All right. I'll take that. <laughs> um, but people are people. Yeah. I mean, I think if you work hard, you tell the truth, you do the right thing, you relate to people, good things will happen. Um, and so... You know, whether, again, if you're in a, you know, downtown Savannah or you're out, you know, in West Chatham, I don't think people are that fundamentally different because I think we all generally want the same things out of life. We want to enjoy our homes wherever they may be, uh, enjoy our families. We want a respectful, courteous police officer when we call. Um, We want to be treated with respect. We want to have a voice in the circumstance that we're dealing with at the time. And at the end of the day, we want to have uh, some confidence that when the officer walked away that they provided good service. That doesn't mean the outcome is what they agreed with or expected, but if they were treated decent in the process, um, I don't think that changes amongst ethnicities, geographics, or anything. I think we all want that out of life. So um, if we can keep that in mind as we go out and police the unincorporated areas, we're going to be all right. Yeah, that's the the pockets that are your jurisdiction Mm -hmm. now are just so widespread it's sure. just got to be a, uh, uh i'm sure your guys know where that when they're in their jurisdiction and when not and yeah. you know the lines can be you know whatever but well you you're, you could be standing in the middle of the street and not know if you're in the city or county or bloomingdale or right. you know garden city so we got gis mapping to try to figure that that <laughs> stuff out but uh but when bad things happen and you're there you're going to respond whether that's right you know that's no right we're not trying to figure that out on right. the, on the radio we'll figure it out once we yeah. we handle the emergency and, and figure out who has to do what but right. right well let's let's dive a little deeper here and and do the what we call the nerding out section here. okay and uh, when you came on you talked a lot a bit about culture and being able to shape a culture and, and you're you told uh, one of our reporters that culture really drives how folks view their work and their role in the community and how they go about it on a day-to-day basis what have you kind of focused in on in terms of establishing your, your culture and mm-hmm. and where do you see you're always going to be your culture always going to be evolving but what mm-hmm. is the your idea of the the perfect or the suitable culture well for for myself uh as we go about our work on a day-to-day basis inside the walls of ccpd how we treat each other how we handle crisis and decision making what we tolerate in terms of behavior um things of that nature is critically important because that helps shape folks Mm -hmm. and if that isn't done right that's always going to translate out to how the officers deal with the public right um, how they behave Mm -hmm. Uh, so if we get it right inside a 
lot of that's going to take care of itself outside the walls of CCPD, and that's critically important. And so we've been very attentive, and my staff, I think, truly understands where I'm coming from in terms of you know how we interact with each other and, and the decisions that we make and what we address um, by way of behavior. Well, that doesn't mean you're putting your thumb on everybody and, and, and looking around the corner to make sure they're doing everything right because we're all going to make mistakes. We're humans. Mm-hmm. Um, but thankfully, we haven't really in fact at all other than when we first came on and i had to get rid of one of the officers that came over from uh from metro we haven't had any any serious discipline issues whatsoever so we're thankful for that but everybody sits back and watches the boss right Mm -hmm. and everybody's sitting back and watching me quite Mm -hmm. frankly this is new what's this guy gonna do what's he about how's he gonna run the organization um what does he tolerate not tolerate what does he address not address and uh, I'm very mindful of that, and uh, because if your officers are sitting back and they're and you don't address some significant behavior issue on the front end, what's their incentive to do anything different than what that person just did? Right. You know. So uh, I'm I'm keenly aware of that, and if we get it right inside, we're going to get it right yeah. outside. With with culture in mind, I guess. The- the situation that you stepped into is kind of a double-edged sword. You're not necessarily inheriting anybody who you've got to win over, but at the same time, you you don't necessarily already have somebody that's really, really good and really, really respected mm-hmm. and can and can lead that way. How is how has it been to kind of to find that that fine line, that balancing act? Well, you know, for me, I give everybody a clean slate, so to speak. I I didn't come here and look into everyone's backgrounds and you know, ask questions and, hey, what's your opinion or what's mm-hmm. your, I deal with facts, I deal with things that are in front of me. So, um, so from that regard, I think, you know, I didn't worry myself, honestly, too much with, you know, the, the folks that I was get, had here waiting for me or, or started with me on, on December 4th. I take people at face value. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so far, everybody's been fantastic, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, little things here and there, but nothing just typical normal organizational stuff so um you know like i said we did have the one officer i had to I had to terminate and uh you know and i inherited that mm-hmm. um, that was behavior that happened early 17 mm-hmm. um, before they even decision to demerger so and we dealt with that mm-hmm. um, so i look very much forward to the future and, and how we continue to grow um, this organization and, and you know the culture is kind of a living and breathing thing That's you know right. right it's not it's never static right and uh and, and we'll well we'll just uh we'll nurture it and we'll monitor it and and we'll make sure that we're we're doing the best that we can and we're doing what's best for the citizens in the organization and it's never about an individual um it's always about the organization it's always about the community All right now I know that when you were in Kalamazoo, you did a, a reorg with with your staff, uh, probably to deal mm-hmm. with some culture issues. Can you compare and contrast uh, the, the challenges of of each, and maybe what you learned then that you've been applying here the last eight or nine months? Sure. Well, the difference is we got to start this from kind of ground zero. That doesn't mean that you know you you. When I say inherit, I don't mean that in a negative term. But when mm-hmm. you come in, you have folks. As individuals that bring something with them, good, right. bad, whatever. Right. When I went to Kalamazoo in 08, I had a whole organization. Right. And, and it wasn't good. 
right? Uh, to some extent, great people, mm-hmm. but uh, had a very fractured relationship with the community. Mm-hmm. Um, you have collective bargaining up in, in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, the unions um, did not get along with the city hall. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of stuck in the middle uh, yeah. of all that, and here I am, 38 years old, uh, the first outsider they ever hired as the chief, and I wasn't well received either by some, mm-hmm. you know. And so there's a lot of uncertainty that comes along with the new guy and what 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 is he going to do and things of that nature. So to some extent, a, a kind of a different construct. But uh, I didn't inherit a, a department that was at odds with the community or at odds with with uh, you know county government. I yeah. kind of inherited a new thing. That's right. You know, that's what I was. That's fantastic. Yeah. And so. You know, kind of capitalizing on that opportunity and that positive energy that was going around the uh, the new CCPD, um, we just kind of rode that, and so far it's been it's been a great ride. You talked about that culture kind of reflecting out into the community, and and I know that from reading about some of your past experiences, you're very much a believer in a relational approach to policing rather than a traditional approach can you kind of tell us what a relational approach is i think that if you get into traditional models of policing and very stat driven uh how many arrests tickets you rate very crime rate sensitive uh things of that nature i don't think that really does 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 you justice you know to some extent, when you get into crime rates, you, as the chief, you get entirely too much credit when it goes down and entirely too much blame when it goes up, right? Nature of being um, a leader, right? Eh? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that's fine. That just comes with the territory. But, um, you know, when you get into counting arrests and uh, how many tickets we wrote and how many people we put in jail, I don't think that leaves a lot to the imagination. But what people can grasp is relationships. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you have to be very intent on... Um, building relationships with your community because they will support you in ways you never know. They will provide you the information you need to go out and solve crimes. They will support you. They will give you the benefit of the doubt. Uh, it raises the, or it lowers, I'm sorry, the tension level in communities when there's good relationships, even around very difficult circumstances. Right. And so if my officers in their districts every night, if they feel a level of support, if they don't feel a strong tension when they get out of their squad car uh, at a difficult scene, that helps everybody. It helps the officer who's not as tense. It helps the community because they have faith and belief in what the officers uh, can do or will do or willing to do. Um, but if you don't have that, it, it can create a whole lot of anxiety. It can create negative outcomes uh, that we don't need. And if we're very intentional around the relationships, um, uh, a lot of good things will come from that. And it has to be at the officer level. It's fine that Jeff Hadley has good relationships with community stakeholders and other people, and that should happen. Don't get me wrong. Um, but where rubber meets the road is right there on the, on the streets, right. right there in the neighborhoods, right there on the beats. And if those officers, um, as best they can, have positive human contact in their neighborhoods, they're going to feel the support. They're going to be a safe uh, safer, um, and they're going to be a better officer for it. Yeah, I think on a macro level, that's almost the the if there is a cure for a lot of the the widespread distrust mm-hmm. that that a lot of people have in law enforcement now, that the relational policing will be the one that kind of bridges that. Sure, be kind of an accurate way to say. Sure, that. I mean think about it. This I, I use this mathematical uh, example. If in Chatham County we had take all the all the agencies 
compile all the officers that they have working on a nightly basis. And let's say we have, I know it's probably light, let's say we have 50 officers working per shift. Let's say we have 100 officers in a 24-hour period that work at the various jurisdictions. Mm-hmm. And each one of that, those officers took a half an hour of their shift time and had positive human contact. Do the math. Mm, that adds up. That adds up. 365 days a year, that's a whole lot of good stuff happening. And uh, if we can do that, and I think we can, uh, with the new chiefs that are here in Chatham County and and having conversations with them and and their perspectives, if we can all do that, do our part as we lead our agencies, um, there's going to be a lot of good stuff that can happen here in Chatham County. Is there one or two things that if if somebody from the community came up and said, how could I make – your job easier, how could I make uh, our streets safer? What, what would you tell that citizen? Uh, a couple things. Number one, if, we, if we're not meeting your expectations, we need to know it. Call me. I'm willing to meet with just about anybody um, around expectations. So we don't know what we don't know. So if you're frustrated or you're not seeing something that you would like to see from us in your neighborhood, um, in your area of, of Chatham County, let us know. Uh, my email is jhadley at chathamcounty.org. Email me. We'll arrange a time for, for me or at least someone to come talk to you so you don't sit there and fester and, right. and be frustrated with, with something uh, just because you didn't reach out. So I, I ask you to please do that so we can all uh, have a conversation about it, uh, maybe agree on expectations, or maybe there's something that you didn't know that we can educate you on, and you can maybe educate us on stuff we didn't know. Um, so I would, I would encourage anyone to do that. Um, Support your officers out there. Go up, talk to them, engage them as much as I want them to engage you because a lot of good things can happen by way of that. Uh, You lift their spirits when you come up and say thank you, when you uh, appreciate them for their service. Uh, Give them a pat on the back. You know, I I can't underscore that enough because when they walk away, I'm I'm hoping that they go, wow, that was a really nice person. And and they get in their squad car and and they have a good attitude. So then if they have to then be dispatched to some crisis in the next five minutes, Think of the state of mind they were just in. Yeah. And, and that's very helpful um, for their ability to cope and manage whatever uh, difficult situations they may encounter on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. And if I could add one, and this is anecdotal specific to Chatham County, is lock your car doors. Yes, thank you. I, I appreciate <laughs> that. Yes, please lock your, your car doors. God love everybody, but uh, 96% of our uh, theft from autos is from unlocked vehicles, uh, if not higher than that. And if you have a firearm, please secure it. Take it in your home. We've had well over 200 firearms taken in uh, Chatham County uh, and Savannah and the city of Savannah and and others um, in this county that that do not need to be out there in the hands of people that don't need them. Uh, So please, 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 um, if you do, do me a favor and lock your vehicles when you get in for the night. uh, Secure your firearms uh, so we can keep all our communities safe. Right. Well, Chief, thank you very much for coming in. This has been fascinating, and maybe a year from now we can look and say, okay, 18 months on the job, what have we learned? I'll be here. Look forward to coming back. All right. Thank you. That's Jeff Hadley on Difference Makers.